0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm flying solo this week. Logan is out and about. I hope you've had a good week, and we're going to talk about one day to feed the world in just a moment, but just an incredible marking moment for our church, something that I believe Pastor Rob was led to do this year, but would also say this is becoming a new thing that we do as a church annually, and just really excited to talk more about that. and just lay of the land here if you're new to the podcast first of all thanks for joining uh thanks for listening but i'm going to share a few thoughts we'll talk about the weekend a little deeper dive on the weekend there's always questions that come in from our church and if you've never asked a question before we really do want to answer your questions it's it's my favorite part of the podcast to be honest to be able to talk and respond to questions that are coming in real life situations and if you if you want the answer to something theological if you want an answer to something that's more of a hot topic issue, something that's happening in culture or in our world, if if you want to dive in more about, you know, what's my next step in discipleship? What's my next, you know, what are the things I should be doing in the life of the church? We want to be able to respond and answer those questions and at the end of the podcast, as we do always, and maybe you're a listener that you you listen every week but you don't always make it to the end of the episode. At the end of every episode, we've got a song, and it's usually a new song that's coming from one of our worship leaders, worship pastors, and I love that that's the culture of our churches. where We're constantly writing new worship songs to the Lord. Let that be a resource for you and your family to worship the Lord. Stir it up a little bit in your house. Stir it up a little bit in your car. Get in the presence of God. You're always in the presence of God. He's omnipresent but stir up the atmosphere of worship. And we're trying to resource you as well as exercise the muscle of songwriting with all of our worship leaders. So uh, let that be a resource. All right, let's start. One day to feed the world. If you were here this weekend, uh, Pastor Rob, did an interview with Hal Donaldson, who is the founder of Convoy of Hope, and I don't need to recap the story. If anything, you need to go to our YouTube channel or go to our app or our website and rewatch the weekend service. It's hearing the story about how Convoy was started and what Convoy is doing all around the world, not just through disaster relief, but now also feeding uh, the poorest of the poor and the least of these. And so now we as a church, we've always participated in giving a Convoy of Hope, but now we're participating in this other arm of Convoy that's helping feed the least of these. And Pastor Rob felt led to do this. I believe it's something that we're going to end up doing every single year. And. You know, people ask the question, like, how is one day, like, how are we going to feed the world in one day? Like, what, what does that mean? And the structure of it is to say, hey, we're so blessed here in America. And if you're a part of our church in Minnesota, we're so blessed in Minnesota. Would we be willing to sacrifice outside of our normal plan? Giving to kingdom builders outside of our tithes, the first 10%, but to sacrifice one day's wage to feed the poorest of the poor and the least of these. And so. That That's something that our church participated in this weekend. Pastor Rob is going to be back this coming weekend, and he's going to share an update of all God did through One Day to Feed the World. And If you missed this weekend, even as you're listening right now and you're saying, I want to get in on that. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to miss the wave of what God's doing in our church. I want to be active and engaged if the Lord's leading Pastor Robin away or if the Lord's leading our church in the way if God's doing something I want to be in on that. You can still give your one-day gift and uh, it's just through the normal normal ways of giving via our website or our app, but you can also text the words one day to the number 94000 and participate in giving. I just I, I thought I thought the interview was really really powerful and Hal's story is amazing and like I said I don't want to I don't want to recap it but one thing that really stuck out to me is how they're trying to change communities not not on the d- disaster relief part but communities um, through this feeding program but also partnering with educating and raising up the the women and the moms to be able to become business owners and to be able to provide for their family and also partnering with farmers, something that they showed just briefly this weekend is Convoy of Hope has this, they've got at their global headquarters a bunch of farmland and some high tunnels and they're investing in the technology to be able to live stream from their headquarters here in America anywhere around the world to be able to help train farmers that need to get a better yield on their crop or need to learn how to be able to farm so that they can earn a quality income and provide food for their communities. And so that, 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 that was something that was amazing. They convoy of hope feeling this conviction. We need to partner with the local church. We need to partner in feeding children. We need to partner with the women and the mothers, and we need to partner with the farmers, and that uh, I think he described it as like a three-legged stool or or a four-legged stool. When you're when you're impacting the least of these and the children, when you're impacting their moms, and when you're impacting farmers, and to do that, you're partnering with the local church. That is something that can change a community. That is something that can change the world. And uh, I just appreciate that interview. And hopefully just me talking, if you've not seen it, it compels you to watch it or to watch it again. I'd encourage everybody to share that video. Again, it's on our YouTube channel as a church, River Valley MN. You can find it and, and share it with your friends, share it with your family. There was one person in our church that said, hey, I'm, I'm sending it to all of my friends that are business leaders uh, because you don't have to come to River Valley Church to participate in the one-day giving and opportunity. The world wants to feed the world. And so even if you're not a Christ follower, even if you don't go to our church, you can participate in this one-day giving. And so you can send them that link and hopefully it's inspiration and hopefully it's something that that draws them to the things of the Lord. And you you just don't know, sharing a little video might lead to somebody giving their life to Jesus I, I love the dynamic of Pastor Rob with his passion and his energy and his urgency, next to Hal Donaldson, who is uh, so gentle and and obviously so humble, and just them playing back and forth. It was it was so fun and funny to watch just the you know their dynamic together, and really these two guys that are out to do something really lofty. Uh, let's change the world. And I love that Pastor Rob, even in our staff meetings, when, when we end a staff meeting, he, he'll, he'll say, all right, guys, uh, time to be done. Go change the world. And he says that to us just as we're going to our normal meetings. And so I love that we're part of a church that's really trying to do something significant, really trying to do something bigger than ourselves. And it's not for, it's not for River Valley's name. It's for the name of Jesus Christ. It's for the kingdom. And everything we do, everything we build should be for the kingdom. And so that was this weekend. If you missed it, check it out on YouTube or on our website. Share the link, and you can still participate in the one-day giving. I'd love to transition real quick. There's something that Pastor Rob shared, and as we're entering a new season, I, I, I just I love the thought of as we transition seasons, it's a good time for a check-in. It's it's a good time to check in how you're doing. If you think about the new year, which we're not at the new year right now, but we're at the new school year. Um, when we go into a brand new year, that's oftentimes we go, hey, you know, what did God do this last year? How am I doing? And we set goals of, you know, what could this next year look like? And we make our plans for our family life, ministry life, uh, vacation and travel. We set goals of education and financial goals. And it's the changing of a season that initiates this check-in and this opportunity to rearrange our life a little bit and say, this is who I want to be in the next season. And so, the the weather's changing here in Minnesota. It's starting to get a little crisp outside, starting to get a little cool, and it's becoming fall, and I just thought that this is a good time for a check-in. And again, this is something that Pastor Rob taught our staff a while ago, and I've I've added some of my own thoughts as well when I shared with our youth leaders just a few nights ago and our student leaders, but I want to share with you on the podcast since I'm flying solo. Um this is what I want to do. Let's do it. Spiritual audit. Here's six questions that I think you should be able to ask yourself as we enter a brand new season. Number one is, am I content with who I'm becoming? Think about that for a second. Who are you becoming? Are you stalled? Are you stagnant? Are you apathetic? Are you numb? Are you frantic? Are you anxious? Are you content with who you're becoming? And the external of our life is not uh, really the cause of who we're becoming. External things definitely have an impact. But it's me, me on the inside and me with the Lord that really determines who I become. And for you, you and the Lord, are you content with who you're becoming? Has your whole life become what you do? Is your identity in your job, in your church attendance, in the good deeds that you do? Is your identity in your children and their success? Or is your identity as son and daughter in the Lord? Second question is, do I have a quiet center to my life? And I'm just uh, adjusting my pace even on this podcast to slow down a little bit and to let you process these questions just as you're listening And maybe you're in a place where you could just close your eyes and it doesn't have to get spooky or weird, um, but just pausing with the Lord. You're in the presence of God right now. Do I have a quiet center to my life? Psalm 4610 says this, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes we think the fastest way to accomplish what God wants to do in and through our life is to move as fast as possible. But I'd love to pose a different way to think about that or a new perspective that maybe the fastest way for God to accomplish what He wants to do in and through your life is to be still and to know that He is God. Philippians 4, six, and this is a command which means it's possible. Do not be anxious about anything. Are you living your life as a husband or as a wife as a father, as a mother, as a Christ follower, as somebody serving in the church, as a business leader, are you living that out knowing that he is God? Or are you living your life with really an unsustainable weight on your shoulders as though you are in control of it all? It's time to lay that down. Am I ministering out of knowing that God is God, and I'm not. Pastor Rob shared this, that there's a huge difference between the fast track and frantic activity. And I don't want to live my life frantic. I'm going to calm down, even in the chaos, even in the trouble, even in situations that are curveballs that just drain me emotionally. I'm not going to be frantic. I'm going to be still, and I'm going to know that he is God. Third question is Is my prayer life improving? And I think that that's something that we should ask throughout all of our lives. You know, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been living with the Lord, is my prayer life improving? Here's some questions Is what I'm doing birthed out of prayer, or is prayer just uh, a last minute uh, Hail Mary, if you will? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I need you. I'm sorry I didn't get to you before. I'm sorry I didn't go to you first. Is what I'm doing birthed out of prayer and is my prayer life improving? And the Lord might speak to you right now some things that you need to adjust in your life and you need to go to him first. You need to talk to him first. Number four is how am I doing in my humility? And let's talk about this. There is a call of God on your life. You are anointed for something. God wants to anoint you for the call of God that's on your life. And the power of God or the anointing of the Lord, it comes through you. It does not come from you. And when you think you, the, you know, your gifts and talents and beyond that, the anointing of the Lord and the power of God is coming from you, that's a tough place. That's an arrogant place. But when you know that it's, hey, this is flowing through me. This is from the Lord. That's humility. Think about this, people can't stand pride. People can't stand false humility. Well, God hates it. God hates pride. He hates false humility. And so let's humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and watch the fact that he will lift us up. How are you doing in your humility? Number five, just two more questions. Is obedience in the small matters built into my life? It's easy to obey the big things, but the little things in life need to be priority. It's easy to obey the public things, but the private things need to be priority. It's easy to obey the big return on investment things, but the zero return on investment things need to be priority. Let me just explain that for a second. A lot of times we engage relationships or people when we know we're going to get something Back in return, and I'm thinking about it as a pastor. It's easy to um, to really prioritize things that are going to bring me praise or put me in the spotlight. And you know, I just think I I have the great privilege and opportunity to be able to preach every once in a while. And when I am able to preach on a weekend. I, I get a lot of feedback. Sometimes it's critical, but mostly it's it's people that are saying, "Hey, really great message! Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for you using your gifts." And there's kind of a return on investment, if you will, that there's feedback coming to me that that can build me up. Now I have to stay humble, but it's easy in life to prioritize those types of things and neglect really the fact that you know i'm in church and there there might be somebody right in front of me that i don't yet know their name maybe they're visiting for the first time and they're in need and they're in despair, or they're hurting, and am I prioritizing uh, the platform or the spotlight moments, but I'm forgetting the person that... It's It's not really anything about you know feeding back to me or benefiting me. It's not a return on investment thing for me. It's me investing into them. And is obedience in the small matters built into my life? Am I focused on the zero return on investment things and am I investing into the things that God wants me to invest into? It's easy to obey the things that we're passionate about, but the draining things, the things that we're responsible for that sometimes are draining, they need to have priority as well. Here's a question. How, how is your virtue level? The best way to gauge how your virtue, your character, your integrity is doing is in the small private or draining things? Am I stepping up to the plate and being the man of God or for you uh, being the woman of God that you are made to be in the small secret place just between you and the Lord? And let's prioritize those things. Here's the last question and we're moving forward. Do I have joy in my life? Again, this is a spiritual audit. How are you doing going into this fall season? Do I have joy in my life? And here's something for the Christ followers. Does joy extend even into my suffering? Because even while we're hurting, even while we're suffering, joy extends into our suffering. A couple scriptures, Romans 5, 3 through 5, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience turns... uh, It forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. In alert expectancy such as this, we've never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. James 1, 2-4, and if you've been in church, you'd recognize this scripture. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. Suffering brings maturity. As a Christ follower, I've got joy. I've got the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. And even in my suffering, I've got joy. Quick recap. Am I content with who I'm becoming? Do I have a quiet center to my life? Is my prayer life improving? How am I doing in my humility? Is obedience in the small matters built into my life? And do I have joy that extends even into my suffering? Let's transition here to a couple questions. And uh, we're going to get out of here with a song, but hopefully you're enjoying this podcast, this episode. I'm just sitting here talking to myself, knowing that I'm talking to hundreds of people on the other side of this. Laura asked this question. What advice do you have for couples that are not on the same page about tithing. Is giving a generous amount monthly but not quite 10% being disobedient to God, uh, if it's the amount that the couple agreed on? And let me just transition. There's a little bit more to that question, but there's Luke uh, that's asking this question. Is it possible to be a generous Christian and not tithe so hey some good questions and we do we do a series every single year where pastor Rob talks about stewardship and generosity and living with financial peace and I'll just say this It's really clear in Scripture, and we believe this wholeheartedly, that the best way to financial peace is first and foremost to put first the kingdom of God and to trust Him in the area of our finance. And trusting God in the area of finance really does look like giving back to Him the first 10%. So a tithe, even though you give on a tithe line, that's 2% or 5% or 9.5%, it's not actually a tithe until you trust God with the whole 10%. To say, God, you've given me 100%, all, everything that you've given me came from you, and I'm trusting you, and I'm honoring you first and foremost. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God in the area of my finances. I'm going to trust you with the whole tithe. That is operating in obedience. We believe that generosity extends then beyond the first 10%. That, you know, making a meal for uh, a neighbor or hopping on a meal train and and serving or giving a gift, a little gift card here, or sharing some money with with somebody in need, um, giving to kingdom builders, all of that is good, but it's not quite the generous living until you first trust God with the first 10%. The early church, they really operated, you know, a lot of a lot of theologians believe that the average giving of the early church back in the 1st century they were up in the 20 percentile, uh, gi- giving over 20% to uh, the things of God and to the local church as they were building the church. And so that's not something that we teach in regards to this is something you have to do. It's just the basic principle that a heart touched by God gives the first 10% and praise to the Lord, how would you use me above and beyond that? And so in our church, we believe in the tithe and we believe in giving to kingdom builders, missions giving, and uh, Uh, You know, this weekend we did the offering moment. In addition to our Kingdom Builders plan, we did this offering moment, which is sacrificial giving. Our heart was touched, our heart was stirred, and we're participating in giving. I want you to know that uh, our pastors at River Valley and myself and my wife, we give the first 10% back to the Lord. We then pray every year, what's our Kingdom Builders plan? Lord, what could you do through us just with what you've already provided? And then we have this dream in our heart of if, if if we experience, some financial miracles throughout the year, we could accomplish a dream. This is something that Pastor Rob teaches. But then also, every time there's a missionary on a platform and we've got an opportunity to give, every time there's an offering or a moment where our heart can be stirred, we're always going to be listening and we always want to be obedient to what the Lord would ask. And so You know, I know in marriage, it can be a dynamic where, you know, one spouse wants to give the full tithe and and another spouse doesn't. And I would just encourage you, uh, the Bible's the Bible, so we're going to stand on the Word of God. Anything less than 10% is not the tithe. It's not to make anybody feel bad. It's just not the tithe. And I'm grateful that people want to make steps and lean in, but I would encourage anybody, trust God. You're not giving to the church. You're giving to God through the church. I'm honoring God by doing exactly what he's asking me to do. And if you're in that place where you're like, man, my spouse and I are are on different pages, I I would honestly just encourage time with one of our team members, one of our pastors, maybe a mentor in your life that that does live on the principle of tithing, and let a third party sit down with you as a couple and just talk it through. And maybe you're going to get to the fact that, there's a scarcity mentality, or there's a nervousness, or there's a lack of trust in the Lord, or or there's a, a control factor. I, I I need to control, uh, you know, my money, and it's like, you know, that exposing those things is good, because that that's one of the things. It's like the fastest way to get to accomplish for God to accomplish what he wants to do in and through our lives maybe to actually sit down slow down and dig up some of these things that are internal and we got to expose them saying man because of the way I was raised this is why I'm nervous to tithe or because I've been believing a lie of the enemy or because I've got a scarcity mentality or because this is mine and I worked hard for it it's lack of acknowledgment that it actually came from the Lord and it's a gift from God and so To dig up those things and to expose those things and really talk them through with trusted leaders or pastors in your life, that may help you get across and say, God, I'm trusting you. The Bible actually says with the tithe that you can test him in this, that he won't, as you honor him with the tithe, that he won't open the storehouses of heaven, the windows of heaven, and pour out a blessing on your life. And so, um, you know, it's a much longer conversation than what I'm explaining, but just basically responding. The tithe is the full 10% of what comes from the Lord, honoring it, giving it back through the local church that you're a part of, but you're giving it to God. Above and beyond that, that's where generosity kicks in, where we give to kingdom builders, we give to missionaries, we give to one day to feed the world, we provide meals, we care for people, we give gift cards. We're, we, we are we are seeking every opportunity to be generous, and watch that God won't provide for every one of our needs in the process. Here's a question from uh, Jonah. He says, "This: What's the best Christian book you've read recently, and what's the best book in general that may not be a Christian book?" So, great question. Uh, I love reading, and and uh, it's the old saying: leaders are readers, or readers are leaders. Um, and I would love to answer this. I'm actually, just as we speak, opening up my Kindle app, and I love, love being able to read uh, on the Kindle, or I, I do Audible as well. And I'll, I'll answer this. The best Christian book is the Bible, um, and that's a little uh, church joke for you. I, I actually just most recently read. It is a Christian book, but through the lens of, of parenting. And so uh, a couple quick books that are really, really helpful is uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Um, I also just read a book called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, and so those are two books that are helping me as a parent and helping me as a father. And so I really, really love those. This is not necessarily a Christian book, but it definitely is going to help in the culture war that we're facing in life, and it was recommended by Pastor Rob. But I love this book called Live Not By Lies, and so it really goes into with all of the hot topic things that are happening in our world and it feels like we're living in a world that calls evil good and good evil. Um what's my line? Like like when do I, you know, if you're if you're in the workplace or the marketplace, when do I need to quit my job as a Christ follower because I just can't go there. I just can't be forced to do that. And this book, the premise of the book really is my line is to live not by lies. I will not be forced to live by a lie, and so, um, I, you know, I can't say enough about that. But I, I've done some something different in my reading this year in in reading some clap. Classic books, and so uh, this year I read The Plague. I read The Stranger. Um, I read 1984 by George Orwell. I read uh, some Hemingway. Uh, I, I I love reading, and it's really the first year that I decided to really engage in the classics, the classic books, and uh, you know some of them are classics for a reason. Some of them are better than others, uh, but just throwing it out there, that's kind of where I've been in my reading, and uh, always love continually learning. My favorite book of all time in regards to leadership, and again, it's not a Christian book, but it's a a really great book, is called Leadership and Self-Deception. I couldn't recommend this book more. Leadership and Self-Deception. And then my favorite Christian book that I think I've ever read is called Anonymous. And so, would love for you to check those out. Couldn't recommend them more. And... um, here, let's let's move forward. We're gonna get to a song, and we're gonna pray over needs. Carl asked this: Why are the Vikings uh, starting out uh, tough? And I'll just say, I love the Vikings. Some of them attend our church, and we're praying for them, and hope they have a great season. Uh, Carl says we need an O line. So, um, you know, I don't know too much about football, uh, but we're praying for the Vikings, and we love the Vikings. Shout out to Carl. Uh, we love you, my man. Hey, here's what I would love to do in prayer before we go to a song. I'm actually just going to open the River Valley app, and maybe you knew this or maybe you didn't, but there is there is a section just at the top of the app when you open the River Valley app. It says Daily Prayer, and there are people that are submitting prayer requests every single week asking for prayer. And so I would love to just highlight a couple of these prayer requests, and then we'll end in prayer and a song. So Susie says this, prayer for my mom who had multiple uh, dental issues, has a lot of pain. Pray for healing for her and wisdom. Charity says, uh, praying for financial breakthroughs and wisdom. Doors are opening uh, and pray, praying for direction for every opportunity uh, presented. Evelyn says, praying for my uncle who's fighting uh pulmonary fibrosis Uh, and Diana says please pray for my immigration issue and I actually I actually know Diana and prayed for her and her husband uh, and we're praying that they would be able to receive a green card and be able to stay in this country otherwise I think by the end of the year they're gonna have to go back to India and so we love Diana and her family praying Heather says pray for me Uh, I've been experiencing chronic pain pray that the Holy Spirit would help me find the right supplement combination to comfort my joints and tendons just a couple more here catherine it says uh pray for continued healing patience courage during this difficult time and venus says prayers for everyone that was affected uh, from 9-11 and uh let's pray right now Let's pray right now. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to come to you and pray, and I thank you that we've got this app where we can see needs, and the whole church should be praying for each other. And so I just pray that as an encouragement of anybody listening that they would get on the app and they would begin to pray for needs. Lord, we ask you, and and sometimes it feels generic because there's so many needs, but God, you know each individual, you know each situation. Lord, I pray for healing. Supernatural healing from heaven, send it from heaven to earth right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for peace. I pray for family members uh, to be saved, family members to be healed. I pray for financial breakthrough. I pray for this immigration issue, that this family would receive their green card. I thank you that they've followed the the process, the the right process, and they're honorable and they love you and they're hard workers. Uh, they're, They're a value here, Lord. I pray that they would get a green card and be able to stay. Lord, I pray over every single need right now in the name of Jesus, that you would meet needs. I thank you for the privilege to come to you and you respond, the God of the universe, responds to our prayers. So meet these needs right now. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Want to encourage you before we go and before we listen to this song, be in church this weekend to hear all God has done through our one day to feed the world offering. Let's worship together.
1: Spent forever on the run And all it ever did was leave me Empty Gave my heart to more than one And all it ever did was leave me Lonely Cause buying the lot, believing the heart, And let me down every time The truth, only you can give me life. If you're Big surprise in the same Dead ends on a trail of dreams ran cold But what could be more beautiful Than resting here inside your walls This residence breathes life into my soul I'm not buying the lie, believing the hop Only you can give me life To the River Valley Podcast, it would help us out a ton if you could rate review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on the weekends we're sharing in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group is someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast
0: if you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, fi- finding us on our website, RiverValley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.